Hello and welcome to Secrets of Organ Playing Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better organist. We're your hosts, Vidas Pinkavichus and Ushram Motuzaita Pinkavichin. We have over 25 years of experience of playing the organ. And we've been teaching thousands of organists online from 89 countries since 2011. So now let's jump in and get started with the podcast for today. We hope you'll enjoy it. Hi guys, this is Vidas. And Usha. Let's start episode 593 of Secrets of Organ Playing podcast. This question was sent by Graham and he writes, Hi Vidas. First, I would like to say thank you for your informative videos on playing and teaching the organ. Your passion and insights are much appreciated. One, I'll mention that I'm a complete beginner to playing the organ despite my musical background. I'm actually a jazz guitar player who is studying music at university but who has long been passionate about baroque organ music as well as jazz organ. And I decided to start learning recently. Although it isn't serious right now but I practice a lot, I would love to be able to one day play some of Nov German music such as Bach and Buxtehude and develop a good pedal technique. For now, I only have access to an electric organ. I have a spinet with 13 pedals, but I will try to get a Hammond with 25 pedals for practice. So in short, I would say my dream would be to become fluent in some Nov German repertoire and maybe the opportunity to one day actually play it on a real pipe organ, haha. Two, first limitation is my current instrument. Since I can't really practice a proper two-foot pedal technique on my 13-note spinet, there doesn't seem to be too much that I can play from the German repertoire. If you have any recommendations on beginner organ music with easy pedal parts that is real Baroque music, that would be very helpful. My current technique on the manuals is limited. Since I don't have an organ teacher, it's hard to know if I'm using the correct fingering techniques on the manuals. I know I should use finger substitutions, but it's hard to know exactly how when reading it from a book. There is way more about piano technique online than about organ, it seems. So it can be hard to to find someone demonstrating the exact techniques. Last would be an effective practice plan in a clear place to start. A plan that would help a beginner start to learn how to really play the instrument. Since I'm already a musician who must play and, and, and improvise all the time, it can be frustrating when switching to a new instrument, yet very exciting. Thanks again for the great lessons. Keep it up. Best regards, Graham. Wow, this is a long message and I'm already tired after reading it. Yes, it's a long message, very informative. First of all, what struck me is to know that if if Graham really wants to play Bach and North German repertoire, what is specific about this kind of repertoire that it all requires quite well-developed pedal technique. 
and you know to have a normal pedal board uh, because as you know all these north german instruments had these well-developed huge pedal towers mm-hmm. and if he doesn't have a pedal tower pe- pedals you know for right now i would suggest he would look more to the um Severn German repertoire mm-hmm. Austrian repertoire and he could try composers such as Pachelbel who made a big influence to G.S. Bach or he could look at the uh, Georg Mufat and his Toccatas because we require very few pedal hmm. this is Italian influence yes 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 and I never think that, you know, uh, sort of struck me a little bit but that he talked about finger substitutions. Again, if you are playing Baroque music, North German Baroque music, Bach's music, you don't use finger substitutions. In a very, very rare cases, you might need finger substitutions mm-hmm. when playing, let's say, Bach but not when playing, let's say, Buxtehude. The texture has to be really, really thick to to justify the need of finger substitution. Yes, and uh, in general, you know, you need to play that articulate legato, or basically you need to detach every note. And for doing that, you don't need finger substitutions. Yeah, if you have two voices in each hand, you don't need finger substitution. You can do it with early music fingering, early keyboard fingering, and playing detached note with articulate legato. Because you use finger substitutions usually and pedal substitutions as well when you are playing uh, romantic music, where you have to know to play smooth legato. That's where, you know, it comes handy, but but not in Baroque music. Well, sometimes people get confused if, if they see a score edited, let's say, in the 20th century. At the beginning, especially, of, mm-hmm. or at the end of 19th. Or in the, even in the middle of the yes. 20th century, some editors still did this, did this. And they get the score, they love the piece, and they start to follow the directions. Legato here, legato there, you know. So, to achieve legato, you need to use finger substitutions. But what they don't realize is that those legato signs are editorial markings, not original markings. And uh, just a general thing to keep in mind, if the music is composed before 19th century, we generally play it with articulate legato. And we can apply early music fingerings this way. Most of the time, but not always. You know, sometimes we use thumb on the sharp keys. Well, in Bach I do that yeah. quite often. Because it's, it's complicated. It's, it's a complex music. But not finger substitutions. They are, you know, more modern, True. like 19th century True. developments. Same for pedal technique. If you need to play legato, then you need to use heels, but not in early music, not in music composed before 19th century. Well, you know, and if he is looking, Graham is looking, you know, at the sort of uh, suitable source, 
that he could trust and that I trust myself, I would suggest him, you know, to look at the Richie Stauffer's organ technique book. Yes, you can go to our website and uh, there is a link right on the front page of organduo.lt with the uh, with the cover of that book. It's a green cover, I think, most of the time, right? Yes, but I can think you can can find it in other colors as well. Yeah. Because it had, you know, many many republishings because mm-hmm. it's very useful and very very often used, you know, in colleges for students and for teaching purposes. Mm-hmm. And it's good because it has descriptions, clear descriptions about, you know, different styles. And examples, uh, and not only repertoire, but also exercises. And you can compare, you know, how the modern technique and early technique differs. Then you can try and to see what works for you. Yeah. And by studying this uh, method, you become a well-rounded musician. You learn new techniques and early techniques as well. You learn to play with toes only in the early pedalings. No, but you learn to do all kinds of modern tricks with heels. Yes. Then in the later yes, music. In the later music, yes. But for example, if you are only looking at the Baroque music for right now, then you might want to look also at the book of Sandra Sutherland. Mm-hmm. It she talks basically about early music technique, and she also includes you know, the musical examples. Yeah, Sandra Sutherland, very useful example. I think we will link. Uh, we add. We will add a link to her book in in the podcast transcription, so people can click and check it out. Okay, and remember that um, that um, sometimes we do play legato in in baroque music, right? But these are very rare cases, rare cases, and we have to be marked in by the composer. By the composer, yes. Or there should be a special genre of legato playing, you know, like like durezze e legature, chromatic toccatas, um, slow toccatas, slow toccatas by Frescobaldi, let's say, Italian Baroque school. Um, from 17th century, even 16th century, uh, you you see a lots of chromaticism and, and and chords fixed texture, and they best sound when playing legato, right? Although other things by the same school, by the same composer, are to be played with articulation. And what I also was very happy to read, you know, in Graham's letter that he likes nor. German music. I like it too very much. And because he is a jazz musician, I can see how he can, why he likes it, because it has that free improvisatory nature as well as in jazz. So actually, although these two genres are separated by a few centuries, we still have some features in common. Yes, the great jazz improvisation tradition is still alive and people are creating in real time whereas in the baroque times it was very customary to play on the spot 
spontaneous organ music with pedals, without pedals, you know. So, you know, if Graham in the future will develop his organ technique, he might become, you know, excellent improviser on the organ in a different style. Yes, just have to study the old models. Sure. Thank you guys, this was with us. And Usha. And remember, when you practice, miracles happen. This podcast is supported by Total Organist, the most comprehensive organ training program online. It has hundreds of courses, coaching and practice materials for every area of organ playing. Thousands of instructional videos and PDFs. You will not find more value anywhere else online. Total Organist helps you to master any piece, perfect your technique, develop your sight reading skills, and improvise or compose your own music and much, much more. Sign up and begin your training today at organduo.lt and click on Total Organist. And of course, you will get the first month free too. You can cancel anytime. If you like our organ music, you can also support us on Patreon and get free CDs. Find out more at patreon.com slash secrets of organ playing.